0: Fans, and welcome to another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls Podcast on the Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network. Thank you for joining me again this week. As we get closer to the end of preseason, the Bulls have played four games thus far. They've got five through this preseason stretch, so we're pretty much all the way through. And I'm recording this one not long after the Bulls have defeated the Toronto Raptors, who, to be honest with you, they didn't really field an NBA team out there today. I wasn't sure if I was actually going to record a show given... That uh, the Bulls were pay- playing an opponent that were essentially running out their C squad. I didn't. I didn't know if I was going to. Um. Yeah, I didn't know if I was going to be bothered about talking about this particular this particular game, given the uh, the ineffective lineups that the Raptors were throwing out there against the Bulls. But I figured that Wendell Carter making his return is the impetus all I needed to to get on here and to to record a show. This is a very pro Wendell Carter podcast. So I would be doing a ser- disservice. Well, mostly to myself, probably no one else really, but if I didn't come on here and uh, share my thoughts about Big Wendell's debut, the Bulls win in general, and just I guess the last couple games in terms of what has been going on with the Bulls in the preseason. Last time we spoke, we, uh, we we spoke about the first two Bulls preseason games with Kevin Ferrigan. The Bulls have since played the Indiana Pacers, that was a loss, where the Bulls mostly rested their starters the Raptors obviously did the same today against the Bulls, but the Bulls had most of their guys back. So I think there is still some stuff to talk about, particularly with the rotation. Zach Levine, I think, has continued his his amazing play in in preseason. So that's certainly something I want to talk about as well. But like I said from the top, it would be remiss of me if I didn't start talking about my big boy, Wendell Carter Jr. I am so pleased that he's back. And I'm just I'm just glad to see him back out there, and he's not fully healthy, clearly. He's not moving as we'd like him to be, and he clearly was rusty today against the Raptors, as expected. It's his first game coming back, not not only for this preseason, but it's his first game back in, in quite some time since January, really, so the layoff for Wendell Carter hasn't just been a few months here. It's been basically nine months since Wendell's been out there with the Bulls, so it's been quite some time for him, so just for him to be out there playing again is a positive step. It's a step forward, and only two points, seven rebounds today. He had. He basically only played in the first first halves. Pre-game, Jim Borland said that uh, Wendell Carter will get 16 minutes and all of those would be in the first half. He got 17 minutes in this game, didn't really play much in the second half at all. So he was rusty, he looked big and tired and slow out there, but that's what you expect when a player comes back from injury. And I know there's been a little bit of talk about Wendell Carter maybe putting on a bit too much muscle or you know, he's not looking as spryly as he as maybe what we got used to seeing him out there last season, which I guess is kind of ironic. Given one of the negatives of Carter coming into the league was the fact that he maybe couldn't guard in space. He obviously proved that wrong pretty quickly. But I think I think we may be going a little bit overboard just just yet. I mean, the guy's just come back, like I said, he hasn't played basketball for some time. He missed that September mini camp with the Bulls. He's missed a lot of his off season here, given that he had that ab surgery during that August September period he obviously got hurt with his ankle obviously had the tailbone bruise as well so it hasn't been the perfect run for Wendell heading into this season so I'm not surprised that he looks a bit thick and not, not to say he's, he's overweight or anything of that nature but he's clearly not in game shape just yet he's probably could shed a few pounds clearly he's not up to game speed just yet either so that will come as he plays a little bit more but like I said, I'm just happy to see Big Wendell out there because he brings something to this team that no other player really brings, and his two way capability on both sides of the ball is just an aspect that very few balls on this roster actually have. I think Tomas Sadowransky and Thad Young have that, but not to the level that Wendell Carter can have based on his potential. So, he is really the only player on this roster who has, who can be a two-way force on this roster. So it is important to get him back. It's important to get him minutes back with this squad and to see what he can do with this squad. So I'm very happy to see Wendell back. Obviously looking forward to what he can, what he can do against the Hawks in the coming game on Thursday. But yeah, just happy to see big Wendell back. I'm glad he's out there. Uh, like I said, I'm a big Wendell Carter fan and seeing him on the court is just awesome. So hopefully he can stay a little bit healthy going forward and can get that rust off and can get back into some good form and boy do the Bulls need his sort of play they need that defensive anchor and I think if there's one thing that's been lacking during this preseason campaign it's probably have been it probably has been the defensive side of the ball and obviously Carter is key to that so they desperately need him the Bulls need him out there and I think in time he'll get right so I'm not worried just yet even though I know the talk has been maybe you know somewhat negative that you know he's, he's looking a bit too big out there or whatnot, but. I'm not too worried right now, I think that's to be expected, but I'm just glad he's out there, but a man who hasn't looked rusty at all, it has been Zach Levine, and whilst I let off the top there with Wendell Carter, as I typically would, I think it's fair to jump next to to Zach Levine, who has been absolutely absurd during this pre-season campaign, I don't know if there's a better word for it, maybe one that contains a few expletives and the like, but I won't go there just yet, but... I I I don't know what to say about Zach Levine because he keeps exceeding my expectations. I, I know personally when the Bulls traded for him in that Jimmy Butler trade, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be this dominant of an offensive force. Obviously, I expected him to be a good offensive player, potentially a very good offensive player. But right now, he is cooking and he's playing like one of the better offensive players in the league, which is, again, something I didn't foresee. And and a part of that was because he, he had that huge ACL injury. And... I think that's something we don't talk about enough, the fact that how well Zach has bounced back from that ACL injury to to the point where we don't even think about it or even talk about it anymore. And we see him doing the things he's doing now. We don't even consider his ACL injury anymore. anymore. So that's that's a huge testament to Zach and his body and the, and the work that he puts into maintaining his body and, and, and obviously the work he puts into developing his skill as well. But like I said, Zach has been crazy during this preseason campaign. He's basically putting up the same numbers he did all of last season in preseason, but doing so in 24 minutes a game. So just to give you some context, he's averaging 23.3 points per game during preseason, and he's doing that in 23.8 minutes per game, which is absolutely crazy. Shooting 56% from the field, 58% from the three-point line, 4.7 rebounds, 3.3 assists. He's got the 3.3 turnovers as well, but I can live with that when you're producing that much on the offensive end. And... It hasn't just been on the offensive end either. We saw today against the Raptors that we probably got the most engaged Zach Levine that we've probably ever seen on the basketball court from a defensive perspective. So that was great to see as well. Now, I guess the caveat to that is the Raptors weren't necessarily playing their best players. They didn't really have that many dynamic offensive players out there where... You probably weren't going to be concerned if you're Levine, if you're helping off a guy to try and get in the passing lane, or you can maybe afford to help off a guy because you weren't necessarily being, or you weren't going to be worried about him sort of punishing you behind the three-point line. So it'll be interesting to see if he can maintain that sort of defensive effort during the season against maybe some more NBA caliber players. But based on what he served up thus far, you have to be pretty pleased of how he's really immersed himself in defense of course there's always going to be slippages and he's not always going to have the best defensive players out there and I guess that's to be expected given he primarily an offensive player and he's doing a ton out there for the Bulls at the moment on offense but if he can just make some strides on defense then that's all we really need and man has he been good on that end well maybe that's over his action he's been much improved and that's all we really wanted to see, some steps forward and Zach has been providing that, so I been, I've been more than pleased to see that but yeah, going back to his offense, he has been absolutely insane and he and Markkinen have really combined damn well in that in that pick and pop situation and I don't know why the Bulls don't exploit this option a lot more it, to me, it, it just seems like an un- unguardable offensive set where you have Zach at, out high really controlling the ball, having Lowry come up and set a pick and I don't know if I'm the defender, what the hell I'm going to do in that instance because if I'm Lowry's man, do I sort of help off Lowry and try to cover Zach and, and try to cut away or take away that dribble penetration but in doing so leaving Lowry Markkinen open from the three point line who is hitting 45% of his threes in preseason or if I'm the guard do I uh, leave Zach Levine and, and help on Lowry that way you don't give up a three point attempt for Lowry Markkinen but you then give some space for Zach Levine to go in there and cut into the lane and operate and we know what he can do off his first step and what he can do at the rim so uh, I if, if I'm a Defense. I have no idea how to guard a Lowry, Markin, and Zach Levine pick-and-pop play, but it makes it even more difficult when you have guys like Otto Porter Jr. and Tomas Sadaransky sitting in the weak side corner just sort of waiting for a a catch and shoot opportunity because then if you have those guys in the weak side, their defenders can't help when Zach sort of streams into the lane or Larry goes into the lane whatever it may be. Those guys command respect to the point where you have to stay on them at the three point line making it even more difficult for the defense because they can't switch, they can't help, they can't rotate and if they do, they're giving up a wide open corner three so I don't know why the Bulls aren't using this this offensive play a little bit more. Maybe they don't want to go to that well too much too soon and maybe allow for teams to sort of game plan against it. But even if you do game plan against it, I I just don't understand how you stop it. So I want to see more of it. I think it's going to be something that we do see more of, and I hope we do because I think one of the aspects that I've been slightly disappointed about with the Bulls during their preseason campaign has been Lowry uh lack of regression, if we want to call it that. He wasn't that great against the Raptors again today. His shooting has just been sort of all over the place. He's, he was 4 of 10 today against the Raptors. Shot well from the three-point line, but in, inside the three-point line, he, he hasn't shot that well... Against Toronto, but more generally in the preseason as well. So just to give you some context, larry through pre, three preseason games is averaging thirteen point seven points per game, doing so in twenty two point six minutes. But he's only shooting forty one percent from the field, which isn't great. And, and considering that over half of his shots are coming from the three point line, that means his two point percentage isn't that great right now. So. Lowry, I want to see a bit more, only 13.7 points per game, as I mentioned before, 7.3 rebounds, that's actually a pretty good number given the minutes he's playing, so he's at least rebounding well, but I think coming into this season, and I'm certainly not alone in this thought, but we wanted to see Lowry Markkinen be more like that February Lowry Markkinen that we saw, well, in February, obviously, so where he was averaging 26 points, 12 rebounds, and the biggest takeaway from be beyond his stats in that month was the way he was playing and the way he was sort of commanding the ball and being that go-to guy for the Bulls along with Zach Levine. And I think Zach has taken that next step forward and has obviously been keen to to show the NBA world at large that he should be an all-star, or at least a player that's considered for that. But I don't know. I'm not sure if Markinen's carrying an injury or if he's just easing himself into this or, or whatnot. Obviously, it's only been three preseason games, but he looks like he's been a bit of, in a bit of a cruise control, whereas someone like Zach Levine, if you compare him to Zach, Zach has been in full attack mode from the get-go, and has been trying to send a message to them be at large, and I like that attitude from Levine. I kind of want to see it from Lowry, but I, I, we haven't seen it yet, and it's, it's kind of odd. It's obviously something to monitor. It's obviously something we'll be talking about here on Balls HQ as we move forward, but I've been slightly disappointed with Larry, I guess, and that continued today against Toronto. Hopefully, it changes against the Hawks, and he has a, he, he'll has he have the, that opportunity to go up against John Collins, who is a similar player in the sense that they're both third U4s, putting up similar numbers, and maybe that'll be the impetus for him to really go out there and, and put together a, a, a nice four-quarter performance. But thus far, we've kind of been lacking from Lowry beyond what he's been doing at the three-point line. So I'm not going to say I'm concerned because, again, it's preseason. None of this really matters. It's only three preseason games for Larry, so it's not a huge sample, obviously. So maybe once the real stuff gets around, things will change. But uh, I wanted to see more from Larry thus far, so I'd be lying if I wasn't disappointed. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe maybe I'm um, being too critical right now. Let me know. Let me th- know your thoughts about how Larry has been performing. But I'd be lying if I said anything otherwise. But that, they're my general thoughts thus far. But... Yeah, I was hoping to see a big game from Larry today against the Raptors, particularly because they were resting so much of their their starting caliber players. But again, he looked kind of lackadaisical, and I wasn't super impressed, unfortunately. But I'm I'm being picky here because. The rest of the, this Bulls unit has been pretty damn good. Obviously, the team has only won one game thus far through preseason. They're one and three, but results don't really mean a damn thing in preseason, like I said before. And I, I don't really care about the results at this point. It's more so the process. It's more so how the team is performing. And I think this point, at this point, we all have to be pretty damn happy how how the offense in in general is functioning. I mentioned Larry Mark and not necessarily playing to the level that we expect, but the offense has been humming along and that's been going like that without necessarily having marketing performing at the level that we all know we can and expect. So it's kind of interesting to think about what this team could be, even if you just plug in a regular version of Larry Mark and an 18 and 10 type guy, let alone a 26 and 12 type player. I think when we get that version of Larry, it's going to be even, it can reach a new level, one that we maybe didn't necessarily anticipate. But yeah, it, it, the offense at the moment has really yeah it's been really impressive and I did not expect it to be this well and you know hats off to Jim Boylan I know this isn't a pro Jim Boylan podcast and again the sample size is very small it's, we're talking about 4 preseason games so I'm not going to go off the deep end here and reverse everything I've said about the coach and necessarily say he's written all the wrongs off from last season I think he still has much to prove again it's only 4 preseason games but it's the step in the right direction. It's the step that you want to see. And I guess all through the off season, I I came at it with some trepidation. I I thought that a lot of this was talk. Uh, I needed to see some production. And thus far, through four preseason games, I think. Boylan and the coaching staff, as well as his players, have been answering the message that myself, but most Bulls fans had coming into this season. And that was would they stick to what they had been saying? Would they be playing a faster brand of basketball? Would they be taking more threes? Would they be playing more of a modern NBA brand of basketball? And like I said, to Boylan's credit, the Bulls have been doing that. Again, it's only four preseason games. I want to see this sort of hang and maintain into the regular season. But the signs are good right now, and to give you some context, and more so just on the three-point attempts this team has been taking, today against the Toronto Raptors, the Bulls actually shot 49 three-pointers, which is a number that they did not do at all last season. In fact, the only time the team actually attempted more than 40 threes last season was that game against the Atlanta Hawks, that epic four-overtime game, and they had 48 threes in that game, so the Bulls actually shot more threes against the Raptors yesterday than they did against the Hawks in four overtimes last season, so that gives you some perspective as to how many threes that the Bulls have been taking this thus far in preseason compared to what they were doing last season. Obviously, we know how bad they were offensively last season, but again, some more context. The Bulls are averaging just over 36 three-point attempts thus far in preseason, which again, based on what they were doing last season, is so much more. It's been a clear shift on what the Bulls have been doing in the past. But to give you more context, that number would have the Bulls in the top five in three-point attempts last season against last regular season marks. So so carrying over what the Bulls have been doing in the preseason thus far against regular season numbers from last year, that'd be top five. And ironically, the Brooklyn Nets were actually the the fifth place team last year in three point attempts at with 36.2 a game and we know that the Bulls have actually poached Chris Fleming from the net so whilst they give Boylan some credit for he, for how the team has been playing I think we also have to hand out some credit to Chris Fleming here as well because he's obviously been brought in to be that offensive coordinator to steal some ideas from the Nets, so and I think the Bulls have clearly been doing that and they now have the players that fit that model we've seen Otto Porter launch we've seen Thomas Sadoransky launch from three obviously we know Zach and, and Lowry can do from the three point line too. In time, I'm confident that Wendell will be joining them as well. So, I think it's fair for me to sit here and at least give some praise to Boylan and the coaching staff for what they've been doing. That they their their words haven't been cheap. I guess they've been actually having the team produce in terms of what they've been saying. So I, I, they deserve some credit for that. Obviously, hopefully that continues because this is exactly the brand of basketball. We podcasters, we bloggers, we fans, everyone was calling for last season. We're glad that we're finally getting to see this brand of basketball. And it's clearly paying dividends right now. And if nothing else, the Bulls are just a much more exciting team to watch. And and frankly, uh, I think more than anything, we just want to see some good basketball more than anything else. And I think with that, obviously, wins will come. But the offense itself has been humming along. The way the Bulls have been setting up their threes as well has been super important. They've obviously been getting a lot of dribble penetration through Zach Levine, Tomas Sadaransky, and they've been driving the ball and kicking out to shooters, which has been very important as well. They've been establishing that middle of the lane, getting inside, putting pressure on in that internal defense, and then forcing that defense to collapse, where, where at that point, they're really throwing the ball back out, And the ball is moving crisply along the perimeter, so there's been some great passing throughout preseason from this Bulls team. Some of the best passing we've seen from the Bulls in, I want to say, several years, because we certainly saw... I mean, there were some periods of the Hoiberg tenure where the Bulls passed well, but certainly not through that 3 era. but... This has been some pretty impressive offensive basketball from the Bulls. So, from a three-point shooting perspective, the way they've been passing the ball, again, that's what Boylan has been emphasizing. Make a decision within half a second, and the team is really doing that. They're moving the ball quickly, and they're, they've, been, they've been embodying what he's been saying. So thus far uh, it's been it's been rather positive and i've been slightly impressed with boiling which is something i did not expecting to say at this point but uh maybe i'll come back to rue those words but hopefully not <laughs> hopefully not hopefully this continues but i want to come back and i want to talk about the rest of this game and maybe look forward to the atlanta hawks but before i do that i want to take a minute and tell you about this week's sponsors when you're selling online getting your orders out can be a real pain it's time consuming expensive and and there's so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, be it Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all major carriers including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Bulls HQ listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. It's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering in your credit card info. Just visit shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in blue. That's shipstation.com, then enter offer code blue. Shipstation.com, make ship happen. Also on the podcast this week, I wanna tell you about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, It is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and privacy of your own home the doctor will work with you to find your best treatment plan if medication is appropriate Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping the whole process is straightforward simple and discreet getting started is simple Just go to Roman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to Roman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, back to the show, Bulls fans, and now continuing on the theme of Boylan's decision making and his coaching. I, I just gave you some praise there about the way his offense has been functioning, and. I think another thing that we need to talk about now is is his rotation. I think that is another reason why I wanted to do this show today because we're firming now towards the regular season and pre-game, Boylan spoke about the fact that this game would be used as a bit of a test to shore up his rotation and maybe play a a little bit of a rotation that we may be more likely to see come regular season. And I think that was probably the the biggest and most interesting takeaway of this game is the the plays that he decided to use during the crunch moments of this game and I say crunch moments there were really no crunch moments but during the uh, I guess the three quarters through one, two, three we got to establish or see who Boylan will be leaning on most likely during that early part of the regular season and obviously he'll probably be doing the same against the Atlanta Hawks too but we got to see, obviously, who his starters were going to be, or at least we assume who his starters are going to be. He hasn't officially said that the point guard is going to be Tomas Sadoransky, but I think it's pretty clear at this this point that Sadaransky is going to be the opening night starter at point guard. He'll be next to Zach Levine, obviously, who will, will certainly be starting at, sh- at shooting guard with Otto Porter at small forward, Larry Markin at power forward, and then Wendell Carter in center. That will be your starting lineup. And, it is rightly going to be your starting lineup. So, obviously, Boylan is doing that. He's got the right starting, starting lineup out there. But where it gets interesting is, is the bench unit. And, uh, look, again, I can't blame you on the plays he's decided to use here. Obviously, he's got Thad Young in there as that sixth man, that backup forward. That makes complete sense. Kobe White has been really good through preseason, so he's going to get minutes, and he deserves minutes. Whether that's at point guard, whether that's at shooting guard, maybe even some small forward minutes, he deserves minutes, and he will be getting 20-plus a night, you would imagine. Chris Dunn, you would assume, will also get minutes as a backup point guard. That was certainly the case against the Raptors, but... Where it got interesting for me was the players that uh, Boylan decided to use as his backup guard and backup center. He obviously opted for Luke Cornett against the Raptors. Probably at this point, it's, it would seem that Cornett is ahead of Gafford in the rotation, who is again ahead of Cristiano Felicia, which is not a surprise, but it would appear at this point that Daniel Gafford is going to be a third string center, which makes sense. Luke Cornett will be the backup center. He'll be in the back. He'll be in the front court with Thad Young, and I like that combination, so that makes sense to me. But the other the other key, I guess, addition to the rotation, something that obviously pleases me for listeners who have listened to this podcast before, but it appears that my guy, Ryan Archie Archidiakno, will be cracking that 10-man rotation, so obviously I'm very pleased about that, and for Archie Diakno to be in the in that rotation, he's obviously gone past Denzel Valentine, which is yeah, it's something I wasn't expecting. I know I I like to give Denzel some crap on this show, mostly when uh, my buddy C, Red Fred is on here. I I, I do that more so to rib my uh, my mate Fred than Denzel. To be honest with you, I actually want Denzel to succeed, but at the moment, like we talk about with Wendell Carter, who's missed a ton of time obviously no one has missed more time than Denzel Valentine and obviously that has shown through preseason he's looked even slower than usual looked more unathletic than usual and obviously his jump shot hasn't been that great either which is mainly his calling card is he's probably been trying to do too much out there too quickly and I think that's cost him a rotation spot at this point so that's pretty critical for Denzel obviously himself given that he's coming into the last year of his rookie contract but Hopefully, he can get, get himself back in order because the Bulls rotation could really use his shooting. But like I said, if Ryan Archidiakno is in the rotation, we can assume, based on what we saw against the Raptors, you would assume the 10-man rotation includes him with White and Dunn as your backup guard slash wings at this point It, it, it would appear that Boylan's going to be running a lot of guard heavy lineups out there which makes sense Sadoransky's going to get some minutes at the three they've already talked about that we're going to be seeing that a lot more obviously particularly if Valentine can't crack that rotation and obviously Chandler Hutchinson is out for well we don't really know how long for but he obviously has had an interrupted preseason so he won't be back in the rotation anytime soon you would imagine. It will take him some time to get his game speed up to where it needs to be. And obviously, he's still an unproven player too. So the wing rotation's a bit shaky right now for the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, we talked about the wing rotation at length on this show. But more generally, Bulls fans have been talking about it amongst ourselves for ages now. Ever, ever since the offseason sort of came and went, we knew that the wing rotation was going to be an issue. But with Chandler Hutchinson out injured, and obviously Denzel Valentine at this point, it's shaping up that he's not even going to be part of the rotation. The, the Bulls don't really have... A backup wing of sorts, which is kind of crazy in the modern NBA not to have that many wings that you can rely on. Obviously Saturancy's a big six foot seven point guard. He can play some wing, but ideally you'd want to be playing him at point guard, maybe some shooting guard. Kobe White. He can play some shooting guard, but he has a negative wingspan, so you don't necessarily want to be putting him up to small forward. Obviously, Ryan Archidiakono, you know, if he's on the court, can only play the one or the two, so there will be some moments out there where the Wolves will be tested. They'll be a little bit smaller than what you'd like them to be. They don't have as much variability or an ability to throw you know, three or four wings on the court at the one time like some teams have the luxury of doing, so... That is one disadvantage here, but I guess if the Bulls don't have the players right now to to run with that sort of lineup, there's not much you can do. So you just got to play the guys that actually deserve to be on the floor, and at the moment, that's Archie Diakono over Denzel Valentine. Which, um, yeah, sorry about that, Fred. I, I know that pains you, uh, and you know credit to see my mate see Red Fred. I I was ribbing him on Twitter yesterday about Denzel being out of the rotation and about my boy Archie Diakono being in it, and. Uh, Fred was. Uh, I didn't expect him to go with it, but he was. He actually, and he even said this on his podcast too. To be fair, that Denzel doesn't be, deserve to be in the rotation. So, look, I wasn't expecting that response. But even if, if even c Red Fred can see that Denzel probably shouldn't be in the rotation, then clearly Jim Boylan is making the right call here. So, yeah, it was just an interesting wrinkle to to take out of this Raptors game, and I think it's something that we need to maybe take into this Atlanta Hawks game, which is the last preseason game because. Again, if this Raptors game was all about getting the, the rotation set, getting the starters used to playing with each other, getting this bench unit set and playing the rotation some at least similarish minutes to what they will be doing during the regular season, you can be sure that that's going to be ramped up against the Hawks, which is obviously the last preseason game coming up. So I want to see how that unfolds. Maybe Valentine gets himself one last chance to, to really cement himself in that rotation if he can do that. And It'll be interesting to see as well that backup guard wing rotation, how that shakes out because I think Kobe White has been the most impressive bench guard thus far during preseason. There's been some things that I haven't loved from Kobe White. I think he's been too too, too, too quick to gun out there for a 19-year-old guard, but you've got to love that confidence. But he's clearly been the best guard option off the bench. And I don't know if there's been that much separation between Archie Diakono and Chris Dunn either. So maybe Dunn slash Valentine, maybe those two guys will be competing for that last rotation spot with Archie Akino, So I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens against the Hawks, but I think that will be a nice test as to what Boylan is thinking. Maybe he won't necessarily admit on paper or through the press what his rotations will be, who his starters will be straight after that game, but I think actions will speak louder than words. Like I said earlier, I think it's pretty clear now that Tomas Sadoransky will be the starting point guard, and I think based on how he manages the situation or, or the rotations in the next game against the Hawks, I think that will tell us a lot about how Boylan is going to manage those rotations, through the, at least through the first opening weeks of the regular season, which is, of course, approaching very quickly Bulls fans, but that just about does it for today. Like I said, I wanted to get a quick cast out there today to talk about Wendell, to talk about the rotations, to talk about this impressive offense that we've been seeing from our Chicago Bulls. And hopefully that continues against the Atlanta Hawks. That's certainly going to be an interesting game. I mean, the, the when the Bulls have played the Atlanta Hawks, I think that has been one of the more interesting games just more generally over the last couple of seasons to watch against against another team because the Bulls, I like to compare them to the Hawks are at a similar stage in their rebuilds, their respective rebuilds. I think both teams have built themselves similarly in the sense that they've gone after that young approach. They've got that guard big man option in, in Trey and John Collins in a similar way that the Bulls have with Zach Levine and Larry and It's clear that those two players for the Bulls are going to be the foundational pieces and it's shaping up like that is the case for the Atlanta Hawks as well. So it's going to be an interesting test case. More so from to see where the rebuilds are at, but more generally or more specifically for the Bulls to see if the offense can continue, if the if the rotations can be further cemented. And obviously, it's another game for Wendell Carter to get some some minutes and get his speed back as well. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably be back this week again, Bulls fans. We typically only do one show a week on Bulls HQ, but I thought maybe go shorter on this one, given that there wasn't a ton to take out of this Raptors game. And maybe I can come back later in the week and and wrap up preseason in the Bulls' final game game against the Hawks. And be on the lookout maybe on the back end of of this week. I'll be back again with another episode of Bulls HQ. But before I jet off, just a couple things. So one, follow me on Twitter if you get a chance. I really would appreciate that. At MKHoops, get on there. Get all my Bulls takes as the games are going on. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter too, at Bulls HQ Pod, to make sure you're keeping up for when these episodes are dropping. There'll be two this week, so be on the lookout for the next one after that Hawks game. But another thing that I wanted to point out and some housekeeping here, we've started a Discord channel for Bulls HQ. For those of you that aren't aware of what Discord is, essentially it's a, basically an online forum where you can get in there and talk with like-minded fans about whatever it is you want to talk about. Obviously, it being a Bulls HQ Discord forum. We're talking Bulls and we're talking Bulls all day, all the time. So if you want to be part of it, and I desperately want you to be part of this Bulls HQ community that we're trying to grow here... Jump on the email and hit me up at BullsHQPod at gmail.com. Send me an email saying that you want to be part of the Discord forum and I will hit you back with a link and you will then be granted access to the Discord forum. It's part of my plan to, to drive more listener engagement this season on Bulls HQ. So I want you guys to be part of the show and I want to be I want you guys to be part of the discourse with myself, but not only just myself, with a bunch of other Bulls fans who are crazy about this team and hopefully with things on the rise It'll be a fun year for us all. So be part of that. Hit me up on email again at BullsHQPod at gmail.com. But that is enough self-promotion for me on this episode of the show. Again, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support. And we'll be back very soon. Speak then, Bulls fans.